was kind of geared towards those um, who were saved, right? For those who were um, who who knew God, maybe they they accepted Christ, but they weren't really living their lives. Maybe it was a ch- kind of a challenge thing uh, for them, and they weren't living the, living their life uh, for God. But this message um, this message is for those who might not know Jesus. And I know that there's a lot of people in here who doesn't who don't know Jesus. I know that. I also know that there's a lot of people in here who do know Jesus. So this is what I'm asking uh, of those who, who know Jesus. Ready? Ready for this? Pay attention. I'm asking if you know Jesus and you know for a fact that you are a, um, a, a Christian, that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm asking that you just don't brush over this message. I'm asking that maybe that this would be a reminder for you, an encouragement for you, a, a time of, of, of understanding for you. Maybe you, underst- maybe you think you are a Christian and you aren't. But also, I'm asking those uh, people right now, right now in this room, that don't know God. And what do I mean they don't know God? Do they know of God? Have they heard the name God? Perhaps. But what I'm asking is for those who have not had a time in their life where they specifically said to the Lord and surrendered their lives and gave everything to him and vowed to to live with him, and God lives inside of them, meaning that the Holy Spirit is with them, and they can go through life with the Lord and the afterlife with God in heaven. I'm asking for those people who's never surrendered their lives, I'm just asking that you kind of listen to what I got. That like, that like, okay, like just give me like a half an hour, even less, like 20 minutes, 15 minutes, so that I can kind of explain to you um, uh, what being a Christian is all about. Right? Can I do that? Awesome. All right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Purified, crisp water, H H two O. All right. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Ready? Do you know? Maybe you don't know this. Do you know that everyone is sinful? Everybody is, is, is naturally bad and sinful. Everyone. Now, you might think to yourself, yeah, I know some really bad people. But you might not think to yourself personally, uh, yeah, I'm a really bad person. I'm pretty sinful. Everybody, it's a natural thing. It's a natural thing. We are sinners. We are sinners. And as a, as a dad, as a dad, uh, um, I, I, I can see this in my kids, and I can see this in my own life, and I can see my kids uh, being, doing the same sins and stuff like that that I did. And guess what? I only have two little girls that one's two and one's uh, ten, 10 months, 11 months, almost 11 months now. And uh, they're super cute, right? Opal, my youngest, she's walking now. Oh, that hurt my hip. Oh. And she does this a lot. 
and then she tries to get up on a step like this. Because she's as tall as the step. And, and she's chunky. And you can tickle her, and she goes, choo -choo 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 -choo, and she goes, <laughs> she's a happy baby. Um, but Opal, Opal loves to um, grab the controls and my phone, and it's just like, I don't know, it's just like she extends, she's like, and she's like, grab. And like, I, I'm like, how'd you get that? Like, how'd you get the, like, just, we were eating dinner before we got here, and she had like, she had a, a napkin, and she had the napkin, and somehow like, because like, I'm a dad that didn't think, like, she went like, <laughs> and she was eating the napkin, and the, the napkin was shredding, the napkin's like, save me, save me, <laughs> Pour, pouring to shreds, and she's like, we got like a little stuffed animal for her, and she likes putting it on her cheeks, <laughs> she's super cute, um, but Opal, when she grabs the phone, my phone, she holds on to it like a pair of baby vice grips, and she won't let it go. And I grab, I'm trying to grab it from her, from her. And she knows she's not because sometimes she looks at me and she goes, <laughs> she does. She's, she's 10 months old and she grabs something. And I say, Opal, give that back. <laughs> That's what she does. And, and I'm like, you come here. Daddy, you, you come here. Daddy said, come here. <laughs> and, and I try grabbing the phone from her and she's like, and she literally goes, ah! and, I, and I take it from her. She's like, ah! she gets angry. She gets mad because she wants, she wants, she's needy. And she's a baby, and that's okay. But like, and then Eleanor, my two-year-old, um, if any of you um, hang around a two-year-old, who, who's like hung more, like a lot of times with a toddler, like you've spent exhaustive amount of times with a two-year-old. Yeah, you can put your hand down. Um, if you've done that, you know that they're cute, but you, listen, shh, you also know that they're sinful, right? You also know that they do, like, they get angry when they don't get something they want. They get angry. Um, the, the other day, uh, yesterday, actually, I, I gave something to, um, uh, Eleanor, and then she, she went, she went like this. Oh, thank you, honey. No, she was talking to me. <laughs> Eleanor was talking to me. <laughs> she calls me honey, and she knows she's not supposed to, but she knows she gets a laugh, so she does it anyways. And it, like she, she knows, and she's like, <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not honey, I'm daddy. And then she says, then she says, no, I'm daddy. No, I'm, no, I'm daddy. No, I'm daddy. No, I'm daddy. Right? I'm your daddy. Right? The other day, the other day, uh, the other day, I, I, I hear Opal screaming, right? I come in, it was like at breakfast time, and um, Opal is, is being tugged on by her sister, by her pass, like she has like her pacifier hook link thing, which is like one of the best inventions ever made. The best invention ever made for a baby is a pacifier. The second one is the link that hooks the pacifier to the onesie. Um, if you you don't you might not know what I'm talking about, but you will. Um, they're holding. She's grabbing the pacifier like this, and she's grabbing her sister, and she's going, and her sister's going, <laughs> and and Eleanor's going. <laughs> Listen, 
at an early age, at an early age, they're sinful. Why? Is it because that they learned it from their parents? Some things. Some things. They've learned some, like, sinful habits from us, for sure. They, they learn, like, the quick temper. Like, sometimes, like, Eleanor will throw something, and I'm like, mm, I did that, like, two minutes ago. <laughs> Out of anger, and I did that two minutes ago. But also, they don't need to be taught. They don't need to be taught to throw a tantrum. They don't need to be taught to, to be sinful. Why? Because it's in their nature. It's in our nature. It's in your nature. Listen, pay attention. Pay attention. We do bad things. The world is broken. You want, you want some, like, more proof? Turn on the news. You want some evidence? Go to school. See it. The bullies, the, the people, like, not caring, the evilness. How about you? How about let's not look at everybody else and, and we can see it, yeah, we can definitely see it out in the world. How about you, personally? The brokenness inside you that you just feel like dirt sometimes. The, the evilness that you have towards other people. The, the, will, the, the anger that you might have. Or, or maybe it's just the fact of you think that you can do anything and you really don't need anybody else's help. You don't need God. You don't need anybody else. You're fine. The pride in your life. We're broken. We're sinners. It says this in Romans 3, 23. It says, for we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's not talking about specific people. It's not talking about the really bad people. It's not talking about the, like, the, the dictators. It's talking about everyone. For we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are separated. Anytime you use the Lord's name in vain, anytime that you are evil to someone, every time you're evil to yourself, anytime that you, are, you, you think bad thoughts or you think dirty things or whatever it might be, we are sinning. We are sinning and we have fallen short of the glory of God. Here's the thing, though. And this is what you have to understand. So, like, what's the big deal? Okay, I understand that I'm falling short. What's the big deal? Here's the, here's, here's the thing. There is a price for your sin. There is a price for your sin. And that price is death. You sin, you die. Maybe not like... <laughs> I just said a bad word, <laughs> right? But listen, you sin, you die. How do you die? Is it just like a death and you're like, uh, uh, you're done, like in the ground? What does that even mean? No, what this is saying is you have death from Christ, from God, and you will spend eternity fully separated from God in a place called hell. 
And the worst thing about it is, is that you will never, if once you pass away and you're in hell because you never accepted Jesus Christ, well, the, the bad thing is, is that you're, you, you're, your chances is up. There is no working back. There's nothing like that in Scripture that, that says that you might have a chance after life or anything like that. There's nothing like that. There's no works like that found. So, that's pretty gloomy. Here, look at this verse. For the wage, this is the beginning of, uh, of Romans chapter 6, verse 23, just the beginning of it. For the wages of sin is death. See, the Bible is very clear. And you might be thinking, how, uh, how, why would a loving God do this? But we're going to get into what a loving God will do for you. But the wages of sin is death. And this is where the story of our lives should stop. This is where the story of our my life, your life, your parents' lives, any anybody like the that that jerk at school, your best friend, this is where our story should stop. But guess what? The Bible is a story of hope. The Bible is a story of hope. See, this sin entered in our lives way back in the beginning with a man and a woman given a commandment and they, they, they completely went against it. Because of that, we're all sinners. We all sin. We have it in our nature. And our, ho our hope, our story should stop there, but here's the hope. You might be thinking to yourself, well, how could a loving God, how could a loving person, how could anybody loving do wish that upon anyone? How could God wish that upon someone? He doesn't. Because he sent a son who is also God. They're together. They, like, not like, woo, husband and wife. Uh, but, like, they are one person with three different beings. His son, Jesus Christ, came down and died a gruesome, gruesome death. And he's the, uh, he lived a perfect life. He lived a perfect life. And died. And rose again. Seemed crazy. A miracle from God. So that you, a sinner, a person separated from God, a person that, that deserves death. Your wages from the sins that you've done is death and separation in hell. He came down. And died and rose again so that you could have eternal life with him. Not so that you could just be on the, the team where you're just kind of sitting on the sidelines, where you're just part of the thing. Not, because, not just that, but that you could be with him and part of his family. A part, a, a part of his family that actually he wants you. He doesn't need you. He wants you to be part of his family. That you could have someone that could go through life with you. 
that understands you. He, he, he knows who you are because he created you. He, know, he knows who you are, and he will help you through situations. And not only that, but you will be with him. Not only in this life, but in the afterlife. Together for eternity. Here's that, here's that rest of that verse in Romans uh, chapter 6 uh, and, and, and 23. It says this, for the wage of sin is death. That's where our story should end. But the gift of God is eternal life in, G, uh, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's incredible. There is a gift wrapped up waiting for you to open it. And it's eternal life. So that's really cool. So how do I how do I get that? Maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't know. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, wow, that makes sense. But I must have to work hard for it, right? I must have to clean up my life. If I'm going over to my grandma's house, um, if I'm going over to my grandma's house or a, a family member's house or I'm going over to m- my parents that I haven't seen in a really long time or wh- whoever it is, I got to clean myself up, right? I want to look nice. I want to do my hair. I want to I make sure I, I look good. I want to make sure that I make a good first impression. It's like the first day of school. The first day of school, you guys are looking sharp. That first Wednesday back, you are looking good. You got your hairdos, you got your new style, like, and now some of you haven't cut your hair since, right? And it's like shaggy, and you're like, whatever. But like, you you dressed your, like, you got ready. There's got to be something like that. There's got to be some sort of work that I have to put in. No, the work has already been done. This is what you have to do. It says this. In Romans 10, 9, chapter 10, verse 9, it says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. This declaring of God. It's not only saying, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but it's also a declaring of you saying, I know I'm a sinner, and the only way to heaven, the only way that I can have a relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. And I accept that, and I need that, and I want it. And then the second part of that, you got to mean it. you got to mean it. Some of you guys have been in church for a really long time. And you might have stood up at a VBS. You might have even walked down the aisle at a VBS. You you stood up maybe because your friends were there or you didn't know what was going on and you just said some words and you just kind of lived your life the way it was supposed to and you never really thought about it again. Did you actually mean what you said? Some of you actually did mean what they said. Two things. Declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart and you will be saved. It doesn't matter how bad you are. 
Do you, you want to know something? You know that good people don't go to heaven? Think about it. Good people don't go to heaven. If I was to ask you, like, hey, hey, how's it going? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Hey, how are you? Hey, do you believe in, like, do you think you're going to go to heaven? Yeah, why? Why do you think you're going to go to heaven? Oh, I'm a good person. No, you're not. Please stand. You see, here's the thing. Good people don't go to heaven. Redeemed people go to heaven. What does this redeemed mean? Realizing that you're a sinner. And Jesus took the place for you on the cross. Because the way that we are able to accept him is that we would have to take this natural sinner self, our natural evilness, our natural of who we are, and we would have to somehow kill that person and take on a brand new life. We'd have to kill ourselves and, and then come back to life as some, something else. Guys, that's impossible. So God did it for us. He did it for us. So when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, it was saying that, no, I am taking away and this, this, sinful, this sinful person that is rooted in evil, and I am killing that person, and I'm becoming new. Does that mean I sin? Yes, I sin. I still have that. I still have that willingness, but I understand what from good and from bad. I understand when I, after I've sinned or what I've, when I haven't. I understand how to pursue good because of Christ. So I ask you, where are you in this situation? All you have to do is accept him. Let me tell you, life is fleeting. Life is fleeting. There's things that happen. So what do we do afterwards? What, what's the point afterwards? There is something else. And this isn't what saves you. This isn't what saves you um, and like, if you do this, it doesn't mean anything if you haven't been saved already. But here's the thing. God, like, we're not like a part of the secret club. And this is why I want to tell you this. And this is why I'm sharing the, the, the gospel with you is because you're not a part of a secret club. You're not a part of a secret club. You're not something where you're like, come on in. No one knows. No. God wants us to not only be a part of his family, but to go out and tell other people about him. He wants to use us. He wants us to be a part. And the first step in obedience as we do that is through baptism. It's through baptism. Some of you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you've never been baptized. You don't really know uh, if you should uh, or, or not. But let me tell you what Acts 20 uh, 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 verse chapter 2 verse um, 41 says and this is when the beginning of the church and people are growing and it says this so those who received his word they received them then were baptized 
and they were added, and their numbers were added to them um, throughout. Uh, uh, thousands of souls were added. This is in Mark chapter sixteen, verse uh, chapter sixteen, verse sixteen. Um, it says this: Whoever, be- uh, whoever uh, believers and is baptized, whoever believes and is and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. Here's the thing. If you say that you're a believer in Christ, but you're not willing to get baptized, and you're not willing to like go public with your faith, you need to really look at your faith. You should have that willingness. Baptism was so important that Jesus did it. Jesus, like God, did it. It shows in, in, in Matthew chapter 3, um, verses 13 through 17, it shows that John the Baptist, who was coming there to proclaim that someone was coming soon, uh, to, to, that was the Messiah, that was God, that was going to redeem and, and save us and be able to save us, was coming. And here he is, and he's walking down there like, oh, he's like, uh, then that's him. And it was really awkward. And he's like, hi. He's like, hey, I'm here to get baptized. He's like, no, what? Uh, you can baptize me? And he's like, no, I want to get baptized. Because it was a symbol of him starting his ministry. See, baptism, what it is, is it shows that you're willing to go public with your faith. It shows that you're willing to go public with your faith. So I have two questions for you. As the band comes up, we get ready to close. I have two questions for you. And every every eye, let's have every eye closed, every head bowed. Every every eye closed, every head bowed. And this is something weird that we do. This is just so that you can reflect on your own personal life and not be distracted about what's going on. Here's the first question. Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? It's a yes or a no. And you don't have to say anything. You don't have to raise your hand right now. But have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? For those who have said no, I know that there's people in here who haven't. Would you like to? Would you like right now to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? To have a God who will go through life with you as your Lord, who will help you, who will carry you, who will be there for you, who will never depart from you, and that you can spend eternity in heaven with him? Would you like that? If there's anybody in here who would like that, whoever, who, anybody in here who would like to accept Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, can you just raise your hand for me? Anyone? Anyone at all? Okay. Here's the other question I have. With every eye, eye closed, every head bowed, have 
And I know I've talked to a lot of you because National uh, Day of uh, Baptisms for students is coming up this Sunday, and we're also having a baptism Sunday for our church. And for those who I've talked to, um, you're good to go. But for those who I haven't, and for those who have accepted Christ and haven't gotten baptized yet, what's holding you back? What's holding you back from taking that public step? If you'd like to go public with your faith for the first time and, and get baptized, you only have to do it once. After, after, you were, after you're saved. It's only one time. It's not three, four, five times. It's just once. But you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know this. And for the first time, you like to officially go public through baptism. And you haven't talked to me yet. Can I just see your hand for a second? I'd love to talk to you about getting you, getting you baptized. All right. All right. Now there's some of you in here that just need to pray to God and some of you that just need to just give it all up to God. And you need to just clear your head or vent or anything like that. The front of the stage is open if you need to pray. Let's pray. In Jesus' name, we love you. And Lord, I pray for those uh, students in here. Lord, I just pray that... Um, you be with them, Lord, and that you would show yourself to them. In Jesus' name, amen.